0: Now, let's accelerate. Here's James and Ash. Hey, everybody. It's
1: James Vagley here, and welcome to another episode of the MBA podcast. I've got Ash Plastead here, lead ninja and advisor. How are you, Ash?
2: I'm feeling very ninjury today, James. Um, this one, week, This topic we're going to talk about today is relevant to every single mortgage pro on the planet. So, yeah, looking forward to this. That's true, whether
1: they know it or not. The topic today is when to make your next hire. Uh, The topic could be also when to make your first hire, when to make your next hire. So this, whether you are thinking about hiring right now or not, this episode is 100% relevant to you. And we're not gonna beat around the bush today, Ash listeners, we're just gonna go straight for it because it's pretty simple. When to make your next hire? Well, a lot sooner than you think. Um, we're going to dive into a few concepts here. There's a bit of a chicken and egg scenario, of course, with where a lot of brokers, what we see typically happen, Ash, and this is the problem, is they wait until they're busy in order to hire. But the problem is now they're too busy to actually spend the time hiring. So, let's dive into that for just a moment, that That's probably the biggest issue we see, right, is waiting Hmm. until you need the help.
2: And it's a very negative, self-fulfilling loop, that one. But uh, yeah, James, you're right. And I think that the way I'd like to start perhaps diving into this is to perhaps use an example that all of our listeners would be familiar with, and that is dealing with banks or lenders that you submit your loans to for approval. I think we're all familiar with that waxing and waning or rising and falling of the service standards. Of lenders, you know, you know, in any given month, you know, lender, lender one and two will be giving great speedy service. Lenders three and four will be slow as anything. And the reason for that nearly always is lenders three and four haven't invested in more staff or more resourcing to help maintain a level of service standard in advance of needing it. They wait till they run off their feet and their service standards collapse and the marketplace is complaining, i.e. you guys, then they finally go, okay, maybe we'll put some more staff on. But they put it off, put it off, put it off, because they don't want to spend the money just in case they don't stay as busy as what they are. It's a really flawed model. I understand it from a corporate level, but it's a very flawed mindset. Now, you take that over to you guys, who are running small businesses. You might be the only employee of your business. You might have a team of one, two, five, ten, 10, and we work with all those different size um, business owners. That mindset of waiting till you're busy, waiting till the need to hire somebody shows itself, is a mindset that I want to challenge everyone on. I want to challenge you to think more about, well, okay, where am I going with my business? What is down the pipe? You know, What does my plan look like? What, what you know what sort of lead flow am i likely to need to hit my goals and where on my production line you know we call it the conveyor belt James do i need to put a, a, another person or a person in order to efficiently continue to deliver exceptional customer service and not get run off my feet and have to make an hire an emergency hire yes there'll be times when you have to make emergency hires we all Occasionally that happens when a staff member leaves or something happens. However, what we would prefer to see you guys doing and we think is the best way to do things is to hire somebody probably or look to hire someone probably two to three months before you really are likely to need them. Now, I know that's going to challenge all the people and, yes, you've got to manage your cash flow. I get all of that. But the problem is when you're running a small business you tend to want to protect your cash flow. So you don't hire somebody till the very last minute. And often it's at the time when your systems are not fully evolved. So you you tend to hire somebody to plug a hole in your business and then you try to build a system around them. That's very dangerous as well because the system becomes moulded to the personality of the employee rather than the employee fitting in to the system that works for your business. So I want to sort of go that direction, James, if that sort of makes sense to everybody. You know uh that's that's i guess the definition of the problem and why it's so important to have a forward-thinking mindset rather than a reactive fix a problem mindset
1: yeah 100 i was while you're talking i actually just uh, sketched out a with you know old school pen and paper the a chart that looked it looks like a a wave And I mean, like the swell of the ocean, where it just swells up to a peak and comes down, swells up to a peak and comes down and up to a peak. And that represents what most business owners and brokers do. It's busy, 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 up the wave, higher, and then come crashing down because they've made the high too late, can't hold capacity, come off the bottom and get busy, 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 higher. And it becomes this up and down wave or a sawtooth, And... When I look at a sawtooth or a wave, I just see ups and downs, high points, low points, stressful points, peaks and troughs. Whereas having a consistent approach to business where you're always working towards a known capacity and adding staff towards that is what we need to be doing. And as you were alluding to, it's the only way to really avoid the busy, busy, busy hire when you're under the pump is to well number one have a plan and really know your numbers and be looking into the future and going right this is where i'm taking the business this is where things are headed here's my capacity uh it's a little bit like cash flow isn't it ash if you manage your cash flow properly you'll see what's happening month to month and if you're going to have a cash flow shortage in three months time you need to be putting money away today so hopefully that analogy for our listeners corresponds and makes sense it's the same with your staff if you're going to have a capacity issue in three months because your plan is to grow and you're getting busier then you need to hire as ash said one two three four months before that point before you hit the wall in three months so it's about knowing your numbers looking to the future and hey let's get real everybody this is business you got to back yourself you have to invest that's what business is about it's about having a vision backing yourself and making investments in that business to push it forward um, because working hard doesn't work
2: that's a critical that's a critical distinction James I just want to pick up on what you just said really critical distinction Hiring people into your business shouldn't be viewed as a cost. It should be viewed as an investment. So I just want everybody to think that through or, or, or sketch that down. Hiring people has a financial component, of course. You've got to spend money, but it's an investment in growing your business. And I think too many of us are guilty of, of having a mindset of a staff member. It's a cost. How can I get away with not spending that money? How can I avoid it? Whereas, what you should be thinking is, okay, how? What is the right person for me to hire in order to grow my business and release myself to be more of a business owner than a, um, you know, an operator? You know, always up to my earlobes in tasks within my business. So that's a really, really critical mindset distinction, and that sort of leads me to, you know, to jump over to probably what you know, the solution, you know, h- how to go about the, the what to do about this particular problem. So for me, James, you know, something that we're very, very strong in the way we work with our clients, but it's also something for, for you guys listening as our as takeaway is start to break your business up into segments. We call it the conveyor belt. So if you're thinking, okay, how do you go about this? How do you know if I'm going to need somebody, how do you know who that person is? How do you know what role they should be doing? You know, you've got all these things, all these different tasks in the life cycle of running a mortgage business, finding clients, turning clients, or to finding leads, turning leads into prospects, turning prospects into submissions, turning submissions into settlements, turning settlements into long-term customers. There's so many tasks. So the place to start is to look at what a mortgage broker does. And start to chop it up into sections. And I know this is a, this is a, a, a you know, a thing that's very common to what we talk about, like James? The, the, you know, I think if you go back through the episodes of, of our podcast, you'll you'll hear us both referencing this a lot, right? And the, the reason we do that is because it's the critical centerpiece that, you know, is the stepping stone to resolving a lot of these problems. So once you break up the job of a mortgage broker, even into two sections, you know finding and winning customers, and processing loans. Even that alone will put you ahead of the curve most of the times. Then, James, what that allows you to do is to think, okay, James and Ash are talking about planning ahead. I get it, and I agree. I want to grow, and I'm I'm prepared to invest. Okay, where do I go from there? Will you go to this and identify what role do I need to fill, what's the best person for that role, and what is the system – in my business that they're going to operate to. So the system bit is equally important. What is the system as to how those people do what you previously did, but now they're going to be operating to a documented system? What does that look like? So I hope that makes sense, James, that two pieces. Start to break your your business up into sections, even if it's just two to start with, and then separate out the broker, the customer-facing bit, from the processing bit and then start to build a system as to how that system bit, sorry, how that processing bit works as a system.
1: Yeah, I love that because by mapping out your flows and your capacity and how the business works and then knowing who's gonna do what and understanding the numbers and capacities around each and every one of those things, you can then start to tweak the numbers and say, what happens when we add this many leads and deals through the system? How are my numbers and capacity going to work? And when it gets to this point, I know I'm going to need to hire. So you can reverse engineer your hires just in the same way that we reverse engineer the actions we need to take to settle the volume that we want to settle. So I I love that. It, It always comes back to mapping things out and getting really clear. And the thing that I'll say to our listeners, of course, is that when you do this, because I maybe a number of you are going, well, I don't want to make that next hire until I can definitely see the uplift in volume. I want to be able to have three months cash flow in the bank to be able to afford them, <clears throat> which will end up shooting you in the foot if you wait for that. So by having a plan, knowing your numbers, and by having a very clear strategy that you are that you know is going to make a certain result, that gives you confidence. And when you have confidence, you will make those investments. It's the same as investing in property, Ash. Everybody loves to invest in property and has no, doesn't think twice about putting $50,000, dollars $200,000 of their savings or equity into investment properties. But if they're asked to put ten dollars or twenty or thirty into their business, $30,000, it's like, ooh, I don't know about that. And people are happy... Yeah, they feel safe with property. You can feel safe with your business too if you have a plan, you build systems and you know what you're doing. Now, of course, that comes back to obviously having great support and great advice and coaching and things like that, but that's what's required. So it's an interesting topic, when to make your next hire. We're saying before you need them. In fact, usually well before you need them and you want to plan your hires to grow into as opposed to being reactive. So it's it is it's the chicken and egg, Ash, you know, which mm-hmm. came first. So, well, in business, um, you know, the egg's gonna come first, you've got to build it. You know, there's no yep. if, if and buts, the egg, egg comes first, lay the eggs, because they'll build into the
2: chickens. <laughs> yeah, correct, beautifully said. And I think that that's a really, really powerful summary of this topic. And I know there'll be variations. Everybody has times in their business and life where there's emergencies that require a different form of action around hiring people. And there are solutions with other third party suppliers and things you can do. But for the purposes of what we're talking about here, which is growing a business that works with or without you, whether you are at the starting gates as a mortgage pro just started, or whether you've been doing it for 20 years and you're snowed under and you need to find a better way okay, the solution is the same solution. Work out where you want to get to, work out the role that needs to be filled, work out you know, how much extra business you can write by hiring that person so you know what your return's likely to look like, then define the role by pulling the tasks out of the workflow that you know your coach and your team have helped you define and then invest. It's not a cost, it's an investment. That, I think, is a powerful place to leave things.
1: I totally agree. When to make your next or first hire? Probably sooner than you think. Now, yesterday, last week, Um, obviously it's gonna come down to each and every one of our listeners thinking about where they're at and getting clear and being proactive about it so that they don't wait till their business is broken and they're stressed. So hopefully this has struck a few nerves. We would love to hear and see your comments in the comments of your favourite podcast platform or, of course, jump onto social media and uh, uh, say hi to us and let us know what you think of this episode too. Um, Ash, it's always a pleasure jamming around these topics with you and um, can't wait to the next episode.
2: Yeah, love it, James, and it's, it's such an important topic. And what you said is, right, guys, you know, find us on social media and hit us up with some questions. Like, we love this stuff and we love helping you guys. So uh, Find us on social media and ask questions, you know. Hopefully you're seeing. you know, we we live, eat, sleep and breathe this stuff. So if you guys have got questions, reach out. But, you know, for the purposes of this episode, James, I endorse what you just said. The best time to hire is before you need them, not after. 100%.
1: Let's leave it on that note. So listeners, looking forward to the next episode. Ash, I'll see you next time.
0: Next time, James. Bye. Thanks for joining this episode of Mortgage Broker Acceleration. It's now time to grow your mortgage business, your income, and your lifestyle too. If you want to accelerate and learn from the best, head over to brokerworkshop.com and join the next deep dive training with James and Dash. That's www.brokerworkshop.com. Until next time, go get them.